Okay, with Tyler Mann, Life Cell is the short film, winner of Best Cinematography at the Sci-Fi Fantasy Film Festival. Uh, really interesting film. First off, I love your blog answer and the first question, so I want to get right to it, give people some context. So this is a student project, and you had some resistance from your professors to make this film, correct? Correct. Yeah, I, all of them, pretty much. There's only like a handful of professors in the film department, but... They all in some way were urging me not to do it or trying to convince me to go a simpler route for my final project. And why is that? They said it was too big in scale. And like, I do agree. Like, I think a lot of short films, the most powerful ones are like small moments, not trying to fit in a whole feature length worth of content into a short film. Yeah. But me being who I am and the influences that I've had, I'm just... I, I, I want to make movies that transport an audience into another world, um, experience things that they can only experience through the magic of cinema and movies, you know, like that's why we go to them. And you can still make stories that are, you know, really grounded in humanity and the human condition and has a lot to say about the world while making them fantastic and larger than life and fun. <laughs> Okay, so you, uh, so when, what year did you make this film? Was it your, your final year in school, right? Yeah, 2015. Uh, but then I, I didn't, I did enough to turn it in and get a good grade. Yeah. <laughs> and I let it sit on a hard drive for years. So like the last six, seven years. And then I just uh, got motivated again and took it out. And I was like, why is this just collecting digital dust on a hard drive when it should be seen? All these, uh, hard work that people put into my film and like they donated a lot of hours they donated a lot mm -hmm. of other um like resources and for them to just for it to not go anywhere it was just a shame it's a crime so i was uh now i'm releasing it to the world and letting their hard work be seen and as well as mine but you know it's such a group effort Tell me about, okay, so you graduated in 2015, you got a great grade, so you got the diploma and everything, degree <laughs> yeah. and everything. So what were you doing within those, between that time and when you started to edit the film? What was going on between, in your world? Oh, yeah. So I am originally wanted to be an actor, so I've done acting work. And you're uh, in this film as well, yeah. right? Correct. You're the lead, yes. you're lead in this film. Okay. We'll get to Correct. that in a bit. I just want to know the journey until, until you editing. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So uh, after graduation, I moved back in with my parents for just a little bit, like six months or something. But and then I uh, just tried to work anywhere I could. Um, I got an internship with Detour Film Production, Richard Linklater's uh, film production. And um, I've been working with him in a different capacity than film uh, for the last six years. And um, but I've also been doing a lot of um, video editing work, post-production work, video freelance work, whatever I can get in the meantime, as well as acting work. And so you're staying in been... Texas, I guess, right? You stayed in Texas? Correct. Yeah. I uh, now live in Buda, just south of Austin, but I'm very much in the Austin film scene. And so, and so, and then all of a sudden, was it during COVID that you decided to edit the film? Like, cause you had some free time? Um, uh, or oh yeah. So uh, it was a bunch of things. Um, yeah, I was partially COVID, you know, I, I was um, seeing people put out their work and get recognized. And I was like, well, you know, why didn't I ever do that? And then um, 
I was uh, just recently in a, um, during COVID, I shot a film that I was the lead in called The Good Hearts Club. And it was going to festivals and I was just like, ah, I want this for life cell. So that's what I did. I decided to finish up the VFX that I had let sit that I didn't quite finish and then um, put it out there. Yeah. So, so what was, so that's, that's the next question. So what, what needed to be done? Was it, the, was it the special effects, all the kind of CGI stuff that needed to be done? Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. I had done most of them. Um, and I just went, touched a few and uh, did, I added some shots that I didn't have before. Um, mainly the shots of them walking up that like long re, uh, like stairs kind of thing. Like, like the assembly line of people on batteries kind yeah. of in the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that shot was actually used with like four or five people. And we had a green screen be held in front of each of them yeah. as they were walking up each step the whole way and they're duplicated. So you go back, you can see that shot. There's, it's, I'm in there like four or five times. And then all my friends are like who play yeah. all the extras are in there four or five times. And, but it goes so quick. You, you know, most people can't really tell. Yeah. But now everybody will that I told them. <laughs> but you reached, okay. So, and how was it to edit a younger version of yourself? Cause you're a little bit like, I, it's audio podcast, but you yeah no i look a lot different especially after covid i've gained some weight in the face no i just that we this is the core age when you age a lot right like between yeah, you're like 22 and, and 30 that guts like a lot there's a lot goes on in your life you uh mm-hmm. you grow as a human being so therefore your face grows too right yeah it's very motivating like i want to get back in the gym because i was probably in the best shape that i've had ever been in during that film yeah well when you're well, how old are you 22 like everybody's in the best shape when they're 22 right yeah yeah no i was also like it was awesome because i lived on campus and was like within a walk to the mac is what we had at the university of texas arlington and it had all the facility anything you could need to work out and it was right there so i was like yeah. oh oh yeah it was awesome it was great times and my metabolism was amazing i could yeah that's that's sort of what i'm referring to yeah 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 and then that goes away <laughs> yeah it does so okay so then so you just did the some some touch-ups at cgi you kind of reshot one scene is anything else that you did uh no not really that was that was pretty much it that needed it yeah so it doesn't seem like it was too much of an of an effort. It was the opening shot in the original film, like with the with the city, like that nice little kind of animated uh, opening shot. Oh no, yeah, that was added in after. Okay, because that's like really effective to to kind of yeah. set the tone of your film, I guess, right? Yeah, all those shots actually with the like outside of any exterior building was added in later. So what do you remember about like shooting the film itself? Like they, they didn't want yeah. you to do it, but you did it anyways. You're acting in it as well. You wrote it. It seems like you're, you're doing a pretty, was uh, you still in touch with your crew members? Uh, the uh, some of them. Yeah. And I, um, they were, uh, some of them were really shocked that I, uh, they must decided have to bring it out and submit it to film festivals again. They were like, why am I seeing uh, like notifications in your feed about life cell? Isn't that old news? And I was like, yeah, but it deserves to be seen. So I was like, I'm doing it. And then I think one of my friends was like, well, maybe I should bring out my old short film that I just let sit on the shelf and put it out there. And I was I'm absolutely for anyone who's made something but never had the courage to like get it out. Yeah. Just do it, man. Like get it out there. The only you made it to have eyes like watch it. So let eyes see it. Yeah. 
Well, sometimes I think it's sometimes what happens is that is that uh, people get they move on with their lives and maybe they don't yeah. even they're not even interested in film anymore. Or sometimes it's like not very good and so it's unsalvageable. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest, that's what happens too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes it's just basically there's like there's like this fear and insecurity mm -hmm. and like you know and like you just you just like you're scared you're scared to look at it yeah. i guess right that's exactly what i had i was uh so after i did submit it to i was like all in my head about how you only the uh like big festivals matter like sundance or uh, south by southwest or can and i was like if I don't get into those, I did a, like send it to those. I was like, if I don't get into those, then it's not worth anything. And I, you know, so then I didn't get into those. And I was like, oh, this must not be worth anything. And that's why I just let it sit and didn't have anybody watch it. But now like I'm, I've submitted to so many festivals and yeah, some of them I'm like, I don't submit to if they look too much, just like give us money and we, no one will watch it and you don't get a reward back. But, <laughs> but um now I'm just like, yeah, get it out there. Let it be seen. And so far we've been in a ton of festivals like that I've submitted to. I think like, I'm keeping track and I have, I've gotten into 14 and only three of them so far have said, uh, have said no, have passed. That's so, pretty, like, those are pretty good odds, man. Yeah. And I've gotten some, several awards from those too. So I was, one even was a cash prize. And I was like, this is like, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> Yeah. And that's like you said, you wanted people because, well, you, like you said, you got, I think you grew up a little bit. I think you had to grow up a little yeah. bit, right? I definitely did. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it just as long as you get it out there, you know, like put your ego aside. I, I don't, you know, for some reason I had it in my head that other festivals don't matter, but they totally do. And I've gotten so much out of it by having the, I sell go to these festivals. And I think there's a lot more festivals that have a lot of benefit to filmmakers that I didn't even realize, especially y'all's like the package that filmmakers come away with from y'all festivals is amazing. And so like, I've already, uh, I think I've linked to some of that on our website. Um, and like, it's totally worth it. Just get your film out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of promote yourself because it's like, it's all about, uh, the body of work, right? You're just kind of accumulating yeah. your body of work, kind of learning. And then, and then when you sit down on your big projects later on, it's like, what do you, someone asks you, what have you done? It's like, well, I got this, I made life sell and it's won these awards. And it's like, it's, 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 it's padding your resume, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's also a little bit of an ego boost. Like not that like, I think ego is definitely the demon that we all have to kind of fight to keep in check, but at times you need an ego boost. You need yeah. that to keep going. Like, all right, pat on the back. Like I'm doing good job. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you basically, but so you, uh, how long was the editing process in the, in the second go around? How long did it take you to edit? Uh, the second go around, uh, I didn't change a lot of the actual edit, but the adding in the VFX and stuff, I'd probably say it was just a couple of days. Like, okay. and not even a couple full days. Just so like, like seven years, two days, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, so after you get the shots done, like the actual editing process, but no, um, gotcha. So I would say probably like a week of work. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just curious about your co-star. The did she has she seen the film like recently? Um, I I just recently spoke to her when um 
she also messaged me and was like, why are you submitting this now? Um, but uh, yeah, she's super excited about it. And um, I don't, she doesn't do act anymore as far as I know. She's yeah. doing a lot of other stuff that I see. Like she's been kayaking like rivers throughout America. And like, I think she has her pilot's license. She's been doing all this other stuff, which is really cool. And I'm like, go you. But uh, I think acting was just fun for her for a little bit. And it was like, I don't, I wasn't really friends with her. I just, you know, casted her for the shoot. And after the shoot, you know, we went on separate ways. But um, yeah, she was really good. And she was, uh, I didn't, as a student film, you don't get a lot of choices on the type of actors who come to your casting calls and audition. Yeah. But I have to say, I got incredibly lucky for everyone that I was able to cast in this because there was, they were all perfect for their roles, especially like uh, the doctor, the technician, the lifestyle technician with the white and the bald head, Vincent. Mm -hmm. Vincent came in, that's just what he looked like. And that's what I kind of pictured. And because it's, I'm, the film is obviously heavily, heavily uh, influenced by THX 1138 Electric Labyrinth that George yeah. Lucas made in his short film in, um, in you know, way back. Yeah. 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 And so I was like, if he could do a short film like that in uh, college, I, I can do it too. And um, so that I wanted, like, obviously everyone to have shaved heads, but I'm not going to ask for a student film for like especially the women who's like has long luscious beautiful hair to like shave their heads or get any haircuts but yeah. uh the, so vincent came in and i was like instantly he's cast he's like definitely my reference he's even wears the white shirt out of everybody yeah. definitely a reference to thx 1138 this you know what this movie reminded me of it reminded me of the island the first half yeah. of the island yeah 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 totally yeah. The kind of vibe and like the influence. kind of like where are we and we've been you know kind of conned and like and it's like a love story and they've been they've run away kind of thing so yeah also um logan's run nolan's um, run yeah and thx and um just a lot of the old sci-fi that i grew up my dad showing me and stuff and it's like wow like i don't know there's a, there's a really good golden age of sci-fi back then and um we still have some good sci-fi now but it's I feel like it's far and few between lately or you know you got to go to different areas they, they're not released in theaters anymore yeah they're on you got to find them on streaming services they're not as heavily marketed but they're out there you just got to find them now <laughs> so when did you first uh, write this screenplay like you're like I'm assuming you're in university and like when did you where, where, where did this idea you're talking about these these influences but what are the core idea of like battery life and like kind of yeah. like kind of a tragic ending i guess in a sense right so where did this, where yeah. Did this come for you? yeah so the the whole idea came i was uh in community college before i went to an actual university and i took a film class there at the acc austin community college it was awesome and um i was in a class writing class and i i was just you know as a college student, you're just like trying to juggle so much, all your classes, all your projects, and then all your, you know, your work, trying to pay bills and stuff and do everything. And it's like, I would be able to accomplish and do so much more if I didn't have to sleep. And I could just plug myself in and charge myself up like my phone. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking like, well, if that was the case in society, what would our like leaders or what would the corporations and stuff immediately do with that technology and it would be to 
they'd probably use it to get more work and control the masses you know that sort yeah. of thing and i was like it probably wouldn't be such a uh positive thing to run on a battery as a human because uh, it would all be about uh work and efficiency and productivity and like how much you could do and then uh also in time um was a film that was influenced i i was i like in time but i feel like they it went off in a, a way that i wasn't that i wouldn't have done mm. it was good but uh, I want to do something different. And so I do have a feature film of this and it's part of a trilogy and eventually I will make it. <laughs> but uh, so this was my first concept to make it a short and then. Yeah. And this is what it is. It's a proof of concept. It's like you're showing yeah. the world. Right. And so what is, what are you an actor first or your director first? <laughs> I used to say I was an actor first uh, lately. Um, I'm getting more and more like annoyed, especially with, I guess, since COVID, all auditions are now video auditions. There's no in-person auditions, which I love. And now you just have to make a tape. And so the audition process, I've grown, grown to low more. Mm. <laughs> so I've been like declining auditions that I either don't want to like waste my time on if I don't feel like I'm like perfect for it, or if it's not, if it's just like a commercial or something, but I rather go for like movies or TV. And uh, so I'm lately, I've been pushing away the acting work and being more selective is what I like to say and embracing more of the filmmaking work. I do a lot of um, primarily now I do a lot of just freelance editing for projects and that's where I make, you know, most of my income, but um, I'm writing and will direct and act with my wife, who's also an actor. Uh, a feature film up next called Forget Me Not. And so we're in the pre-production slash fundraising portion of it. So we just shot a proof of concept for that that we'll, I'm in post on editing for and we'll re unveil, unveil? <laughs> reveal yeah. at um, a uh, investor event coming up in July. So you just mentioned that you're married. What did your wife think about you going back to nostalgic land and redoing this film? But she was, she's, oh, she, yeah. she was so happy. She was like, cause she always loved it. She was a fan of, I we met you then? Were you guys, did we guys together then? No, after, uh, after I graduated and, uh, from Arlington, I came back down to Austin area and she was, went to school at uh, San Marcos and then she was living in the Austin area and we met on a short film and then, um, when we were dating, I showed her life cell and she loved it. And she, she is like, we need to just make that now. And I was like, we don't have the money, yeah. but um, she's always been a fan of it. And she's always been super supportive of it and encouraging me to like, you know, yeah, get it out there. Doesn't deserve to just sit on a hard drive. So yeah, she's been awesome. So audio podcast, but over your right shoulder is the film boyhood, I guess, Texas, yeah. Texas made Texas owned, uh, Richard Linklater film. Uh, yeah. So that's a big film of you. It's a big, you're a big fan, I'm assuming, because you had the poster. I am a big fan of it. Yeah. I, that is signed by Rick because I worked for him and he signed one for me. But um, what did you do for I him? I am a, that is huge, super influence on me because that kid is, uh, I'm a little bit older. I'm probably more of the sister who was played by his daughter, Lorelai Linklater. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of her age, but the stuff that that kid went through is like, dead on for me and i'm sure this is, it is for a bunch of kids uh out there yeah what i got right. from that film is that i remember watching that film i'm like 
it's like we we don't choose our lives our parents choose our lives like until we and then that's why they finished when he graduated where it's like now he can choose his life right so Definitely. all the shenanigans with his mom and like picking the wrong man it's like yep. he's affected by his mom's decisions right so yeah. i don't know if you're if you're a parent yet but it really affected me before i became a parent i'm like man yeah, these like that's what it taught me. It's about being. It's about being a parent, like a uh, because th this kid is like so affected by. That's what I got from the film. I don't know about you. No, absolutely, hundred percent. My uh, parents. I grew up as a baby. My parents divorced, so I grew up with a uh, you know split household. And my mom got remarried, but my stepdad. I was fortunate because my stepdad was not a dick like the one in the movie. He was actually really awesome. He had two bad. He had two horrible in that movie. He had two. Yeah, he did. Bad, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like the and, the right wing kind of like military guy who shaved his head, and then he had like the alcoholic, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie since it came out, but yeah, if I remember. Yeah, but my my stepdad was awesome, so I With didn't that? have that. But I had the yeah. drama of like going back and forth between mom and dad. Sure. Definitely, I think was influential in me becoming an actor because I would be one way in front of my dad and one way in front of my mom. And I was like, I should put on a face with whoever yeah. I'm around. But, and then, then, yeah, then his dad was like, because his, his dad was took a long time to grow up, which happens, right? People grow up yeah. at a different time. So his mom was forced to grow up fast. And then and she that that hampered her life. And then his dad wasn't growing up at all. And then he finally grew up and then he had the stable kind of marriage, stable kind of family behind yeah, him, right? Got the minivan. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No, but it, it was interesting because it's like he got to take his time to grow up and then he had the stability where his mom kind of had a screwed up life trying yeah. to raise his kids, right? Yeah. He was trying to raise yeah. her kids, right? So yeah, it was interesting. It's got a lot of depth to it. So much depth. It's, and it's just the, what they were able to accomplish with that, like trying to film a film in one block of time is hard enough but splitting that block of time among 12 years what yeah no it's crazy no it's just, so you yeah. said you worked for for richard like, like you worked for him yeah yeah but it, not in a film capacity and okay. like an artwork capacity so definitely different that's interesting so okay yeah. then, then in the blog interview you said that terminator 2 was the one that you the film you've seen the most in your life but yeah, I, I, can't, I remember that, that came right out. I remember that came out the summer of '91, and mm -hmm. I don't think you were born yet when it came out. No, it was like right before I was born. <laughs> but that was another one that my dad. Uh, my dad is super influential in me wanting to be in the movies because every uh, other weekend that I would go to his house, he would take me to the theater and we would see the new movie that came out. Sometimes two, you know. Um, and so he showed me all of uh, Indiana Jones and Terminator, Back to the Future. All of those were super influential on me. Mm -hmm. And I was looking, I was like, why are all those super influential on me? And it's because a lot of them have a kid in them that, you know, that the lead is dragging around or something. Yeah. And then I'm like, how fortunate for me, because it definitely comes back to being like a white male I, all these kids, I had a white male kid in all of them. And so I could see myself. So I'm like, I'm really like that. Now we're getting a lot more representation so that other people like women and people of color and everything can sure. see themselves in the movies. Cause it, that's just, that only lead to more filmmakers and more great stories. And yeah, but I'm, yeah, that's interesting. So that. you're like, you're, you're like a Martin, little Martin McFly, I guess. Right. So yeah. yeah. 
I love those movies. And then yeah. they all had weird relationships with, with older men too. <laughs> that, that is true. Same with like Batman and Robin. I was a huge Batman fan. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's another, that's another thing that you can dig into, I guess. Right. Too. They're the strange uh, male uh, mentors, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who are not their fathers. Not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're never their fathers, right? They're always somebody else. Yeah. No, it's and, so interesting. Uh, yeah. So you're on your way. So it seems like you're doing all kinds of different things. And uh, in your director, actor, you got some skill sets. You're staying in Texas. And that's uh, yes. obviously Austin's really growing as must have it's really grown in the last 10 years, especially, I guess, right in the film scene. Uh, yeah, it has been growing, especially lately. But it in around the 2010 era, we had like five or six TV shows filming in Austin at one time. And then that's around the time they slashed a bunch of the incentives, tax incentives and stuff of the state. Mm-hmm. So a lot of productions left. And then there was a big dry spell where like we had some stuff, but it was, it was more, it was way sparse than it used to be. But now we're getting a lot more of that back with um, HBO Max just shot some stuff here, like with Elizabeth Olsen. And um, I think Netflix is shooting a lot of their, some of their movies here now. And we have like a Hulu. So I think Netflix is having a headquarters here, like a production headquarters. And then, yeah. Uh, Hulu 2 I don't know but we're getting a lot more work now which is awesome yeah it's an interesting state uh, uh, obviously there's a lot going on we don't have to get into too much but basically it's yeah. like it's going to be curious about where Texas is heading in the next 10 years right because it's like yeah because because people are gonna the the baby boomers are are gonna pass pass on <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, being dark about it, but they're going to pass on and the new generation is going to come in, new generation of uh, leaders and women and, and obviously Latino population is yeah. really big, right? So, so um, yeah, I, all I got to say is that you got to get rid of that Ted Cruz guy. But other than that... Oh, I am with you, man. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> how is he, how is he, just between you and I, how is this guy getting elected? How is, like, he's such I a slime no ball. I freaking clue, man. Like, it's, it's very close. I think every uh, election, it gets just slightly closer and closer, uh, more blue. But, like, and they always say Texas is a red state. And it is, it's, it's super hard to flip it but each year we get closer and closer and it's about it might be a little bit more but with um, all the voter restrictions and stuff like it might be it's 50 50 it's pretty much purple it's not quite purple but yeah it's, it's getting there though. that's what i mean blue. it's good it's things are changing yeah. right yeah yeah especially with all the people moving in here from california we're getting so many people moving here like every day the taxes tax incentives and like in in and, you know, but yeah, like I said, it's a really interesting state because obviously you have your electoral, like how many, you have like what, 30 Congress people in there? And yeah, it's the, yeah. ridiculous like that. So yeah, many huge. Districts. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be so interesting. Like I'm looking, I'm Canadian, so I'm looking at it from a different perspective, but it's like, it's such an interesting oh, state man. to look at. Right. Cause it's you, so yeah, huge. You probably you have a very in. interesting perspective on it. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, it's just like our <laughs> conservative is your liberal, I guess, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, our, like the whole United States, even though I think majority of the population leans progressive and wants change and uh, they just can't all vote or they don't all turn out to vote yeah, because they feel apathetic about the whole process, like their vote doesn't matter or something. 
But if we could just get them all to turn out and vote, I think the majority of the country is progressive and it would flip the other way. But where are the balance right now on the scale from like progressive to super conservative, super progressive, super conservative, everything is shifted to the right. And the right is like extreme right right now. Yeah. And so yeah. I know a lot of um, people who have been Republicans and conservative their whole life they're kind of like not sure what to do anymore because they don't identify with what the, the Republican Party that's it has become lately. Yeah. It's very extreme and it's very like, but I don't, I don't identify with that, but I don't want to go here, but they don't shift it back to the middle. They don't huh? trust the Democratic Party. They, they don't sell themselves right. properly, right? Yeah. That's the, I, I think I, that's the I, issue. I, yeah, I have my frustrations too with the Democratic Party. I don't think they do enough. Like if you're tr- doing... Uh, politics as usual when the other side is doing all these other like pretty much whatever it takes and stuff that's not in good faith yeah dirty dirty politics yeah then you're coming you're playing the game at a disadvantage and they're gonna stomp all over you yeah it's like it's it's a it's a bad cliche but it's like it's a cliche it's like it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight right they got they're bringing like not it's a bad pun now but it's like they're bringing guns And you're bringing right. that you got to like get dirty, right? Push that. I, yeah. I don't know if it's like dirty necessarily, but they got to be more assertive and they got to call out stuff and like, just do whatever it takes to like maintain order. I don't know yeah. <laughs> what it's called, but they push, like, they push through their, their, their support nominees. They don't like, basically that's the, yeah. that's the, that's the allegory that I give, I'll give you. Is yeah. that Obama should have pushed them through mere garden through. Because he could have, yeah. and he didn't, and they basically, yep. but they would have done that. That, that yeah. So there that you go. Crazy. That was crazy, man. Like, you're just gonna say okay and turn over and like. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, like I said, <laughs> rabbit hole. But basically, good luck with your career. Like I said, we have a reason I'm bringing it up because you can see that these themes are going on in your films as well, right? So, so yeah, I mean, you must be like obviously that's what sci-fi is about. It's about like kind of like kind of showing the the world now dystopian world now kind of in the mirror of like where we headed not with not being totally negative but kind of seeing the kind of point of view i guess right absolutely man you nailed it yeah all right congratulations i hope you oh by the way i hope you enjoyed the audience feedback video that we sent you and uh got it was great oh i loved it it was great y'all y'all really do a lot for the filmmakers that uh you know get into your festival which is really fantastic Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hassenbeck Incorporated. We're gonna do it. Give us any chance, we'll take it.